Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Thank everybody who is joining us online. We love you. We appreciate you. If you're ever in the area, please make it a point to stop by one Sunday morning at 930 or 11 o'clock, unless it's April. Because in April, we're moving to a 10 o'clock start time. That's what I forgot to mention to you. We're moving to a 10 o'clock start time because the building is going to be big enough for both services to come together. And then our desired goal is to grow as quickly as possible back to two services, which I believe that we can do that as soon as you start inviting your friends and family and just telling them that Activation Church is the cat's pajamas. Uh, We are starting a brand new series today called Travelers. Turn to the person next to you and say Travelers. You know, we're all traveling through life trying to get from one place to another. We're trying to travel from one phase of life into the next. And while it is important to have a vision for where you are going and an understanding of why you want to get there, it is also important for us to consider what are we doing along the way. What am I doing right here, right now? I was talking to someone yesterday at the ball field, and I was saying, you know, so many times in life we get caught up with the vision of where we want to go that we miss the fact that God wants to do something right here and right now. I believe that God has called us to be fruitful and productive in every season of our life. I don't have to wait until what is next to experience God's goodness. I can experience his goodness right here and right now. And so this series, Travelers, we want to talk about the things that we are doing along the way to where we are ultimately wanting to be. And we're going to start by looking at a story in Luke, the 10th chapter, starting in verse 25. This is a story that Jesus tells about a man who is traveling and along the way makes a big difference. How many of you want to know that your life is making a big difference? I don't know about you, but I don't want to wander through life aimlessly. I want to go through life intentionally with my eyes wide open along the way so that I can make a difference in my journey. Luke 10, verse 25, the Bible says, and behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is a lawyer questioning Jesus. He's testing Jesus. He's saying, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Which is a phenomenal question because so many of us get caught up on what do I need to do when the answer is Jesus what are you going to do so that I can inherit eternal life and so Jesus responds to him and he says what is written in the law how do you read it how do you comprehend it how do you understand the scriptures that you have read and the man answered you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart And with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. 
Love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor. And you don't have to worry about eternal life. I'll not just give you eternal life, but I'll make sure that you have a life worth living. But the man desiring to justify himself said to Jesus, well, who's my neighbor? How many of you have ever like, thought that? Like, okay, you want me to love my neighbor, but who is the neighbor you want me to love? Let's get specific, because I, I don't have enough room in this heart of mine to love everybody, Lisa. I, just, I need you to be very specific. Like, is it okay for me to uh, love Vic and treat Randy uh, poorly? Is it okay for me to love uh, Jimmy, but treat... <laughs> Put your name there. <laughs> Jim, however I want. We do that. We want to qualify. I don't know what it is about our life, but like, it's like we want to find the loophole in everything. We want to do like just enough to get by in every area of our life. Like even when it comes to dieting, like we want the magic pill. You know, like give me the magic pill that takes away all my weight and I'll do that. I don't actually want to eat right and exercise. I want the magic pill. I want the quickest way from where I am to where I want to be. Who is my neighbor? And so Jesus says to him in verse 30, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down the road. And when he saw him, passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, as he traveled, came to where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper saying, take care of him and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. The man in the story has become affectionately known as the Good Samaritan. How many of you have ever heard that title? It's a title that people will give to their ministries. It's the Good Samaritan ministry, meaning they do good things. They help people in need. It's a title that we would use to describe someone who is compassionate oh they're a good Samaritan growing up this was a story that we would use to illustrate how we should treat one another but today I want to focus on the fact that he was traveling somewhere Jesus doesn't give us any details of why the man was traveling or what he was on his way to do he just says this man was journeying from Jerusalem to Jericho I mean he could have been on his way to get a haircut he could have been on his way to pick up a Happy Meal for his kids. He, this could have been a business trip. How many of you, ladies or gentlemen, you, you travel for business? I mean, this could have been a business trip. He could have been on his way to make a deal or to sign some paperwork. He could have been meeting with the bank. The point is, this could have been anything 
that he was traveling to. This was an ordinary day and an ordinary life of a man doing very ordinary things. As a matter of fact, it was not unusual to see someone beaten and robbed on the path from Jerusalem to Jericho. This was a very dangerous road to travel. This was the kind of place that you wanted to get through it as quick as possible. If I've got to take this road, I, gotta, I, I need to make sure that I do it quickly. Anybody ever been in a place like that before? I remember several years ago, some friends thought it would be fun to go to downtown Atlanta to do an escape room. What they didn't know was the real challenge wasn't going to be escaping the room. It was going to be escaping the escape room to get back to our car. It was a very, very bad place. It was the kind of place that I didn't want to take time. I didn't want to pop my head into the shops. I wanted to move very quickly. And uh, you can edit this out. I had my hand on my pistol the entire time. I was ready. I was ready for the mission. So that's, that is the path from Jerusalem to Jericho. They called it a very bloody way. What I'm wanting you to see is this man's doing ordinary things, just like you or I, traveling about through life, and he sees something that is not out of the ordinary. It is not out of the ordinary to see someone in need along this path that has been beaten or robbed. But there's something about this man that determines him to get involved with something that everyone else avoids. He's willing to do what others are not willing to do. He is willing to be the solution to a problem that no one else is willing to fix. He, he understands, I'm on my way somewhere. There's somewhere I want to be, but right now I see a need and I'm going to fill it. I'm going to find the hurt and I'm going to heal it. And what I want you to understand today is that is ministry. Turn to the person next to you and say, that is ministry. Sometimes we get so caught up and we think that ministry is only what I am doing right here, right now. That ministry is only working in a certain department of the church. That is ministry as well. But I want you to see that ministry happens along the way you're going from where you are now to somewhere you want to be but you notice the need that other people don't notice maybe it's become such common ground that it's easy just to go to the other side of the street and pass by but this man says i'm going to help along the way turn the person next to you and say help along the way this was the theme song and theme of my grandfather's life and ministry there was a song he said if i could help somebody as I pass. I can't do it good. Can you roll a video? I think I got a video of my grandfather doing it. If I can help, help somebody as I pass or travel along oh then my living shall not be in vain. Let's do it again children. Oh in my living Can help just anybody 
as I pass along, oh, then my living shall If I could help somebody, get this. If I can just help somebody as I pass along, that's, that's the mission. That's the call. Who's the neighbor? Jesus, the, the guy wants to know, Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus is saying it's whoever you pass by that has a need that you're willing to stop and help them as you pass along. He says you go and do likewise. Be like the man who's willing to stop when everybody else wants to move. Be like the man who's willing to live with his eyes open, aware of his surroundings, knowing that maybe God has positioned you strategically along that path to meet the need of someone else. This happens all through Scripture where God will supernaturally move one person from this station of life to a whole new place of life just so they'll cross the path of someone else who is in need. We need to remove the title full-time ministry from our vocabulary. I understand what people mean when they say this person is full-time ministry. But really, if you think about it, there is no such thing as full-time ministry. As if there's a way to just do part-time ministry. I mean, did Jesus die on a part-time cross does he love us with a part-time love do we just receive a part-time ministry uh, uh, mercy no, no 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 there's no such thing as part-time ministry there's no such thing as part-time Christianity it is something that we all live every day and it starts where we are Jesus says go into the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. What you and I have to do is we have to define our world. See, sometimes it's easy for us to look at these passages and we memorize them and we quote them, but we don't take time to allow them to sink in and go, okay, well, who is my world? Where is my world? Where am I called to make a difference. It starts with saying, well, I am a, and you fill in the blank. I'm a teacher. I'm a overhead door man. I'm starting a business that will do HVAC. I mean, what is it? Eli, what is your world? Who are you? What is the path that you travel on every day of your life? Where are the ordinary places that you pass through every day of your life? That is your mission field. And we've got to learn to start living on mission, living intentionally, realizing that there could be somebody along the path that I used to overlook, that I used to not pay attention to because I'm so used to doing it, that really needs my help. What is my world? Where is my world. When you can identify your world, you'll begin to see where your ministry is. Please stop thinking that ministry is about a certificate and a title. 
Ministry is understanding that you have been uniquely designed to help, love, and reach the people that you come into contact with every single day of your life. You want to become effective? Begin to identify your world and determine that you're going to do something about it. I'm going to begin to see the need and I'm going to fill it. I'm going to begin to find the hurt and I'm going to find a way to help it. And it doesn't matter if anyone else is aware of it. So many times we only want to do what is seen by men. I'll do it if I'm applauded. I'll do it if the pastor will give me a certificate. I'll do it if they'll give me a title. And if you're living that way, you are missing it. It's not about being seen by others. It's about being seen by God and being just, I'm just willing to help anyone along the way. Go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Preaching is not preparing a sermon. Please get this. Preaching is not preparing a sermon. Preaching is preparing your life to be used by God exactly where you are. Who are you? Where do you go? Who are the people you come into contact with that I will never come into contact with? Who has God strategically placed along your path? Every single day, we all encounter people that have a need. Are you willing to help? When I was um, a teenager, I was probably 18 or 19, and there was this man and woman who basically opened up their house to me. Said, Arm, anytime you want to come, you just show up. And it was really at a time in my life that I needed that kind of, of help. I needed that kind of wisdom and counsel. And they would just allow me to sit in their house. They would make, she would make me some soup. They would talk to me. They would give me wise counsel. They would encourage me. They would allow me to sit in the king's chair, which was the recliner. And I was thinking about it this morning. That recliner became my revival. They never opened their Bible and said, please turn it to Matthew, the 16th chapter. Aram, we're going to look at a dissertation from Jesus. They never did that. What they did do was they loved me. They encouraged me. They tell me, told me I could make it in a season of life that I wanted to give up. Ministry starts where you are. And extraordinary things happen in ordinary places. Turn to the person next to you and say extraordinary things. Happen in ordinary places. For those that are willing to see it. That's really the key. The difference between you and someone who changes the world is someone saw something that you're not aware of. They didn't wait for someone else to pass along the path to fill the need. They started thinking, what can I do with the resources I have? I may not have everything that Lisa has. 
I may not have everything that Mary has, but I've got something. And if I'll begin to work the something that I do have and I'll be faithful in the season I am in, that's when God looks at you and says, now I can bring increase to it. Now I will bring more resources because you're doing something with what I've already placed in your hand. Please stop seeing your life as ordinary. Please stop seeing the places that you go as ordinary. Stop seeing the path that you travel down as ordinary and realize that every day is an opportunity for God to do something extraordinary in a very ordinary place. In John, the second chapter, Jesus goes to a wedding. I mean, what's more ordinary than that? Jesus is invited to a wedding, which tells me that Jesus must have been pretty fun. You know, how many, like, there's certain people you don't want to invite to your wedding because they know that they'll just be a downer. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> You're like, I love them and all, but they're just not fun, and I know they're going to judge the crap out of me if I invite them to the wedding, so they're not coming. <laughs> your save the date got lost in the mail. Sorry, it was meant, but it just got lost. But Jesus and his friend, they're invited to this wedding. Well, if you know the story, they're doing ordinary things. They're partying, they're dancing, they're having a good time, and then the wine runs out. And Jesus' mom comes and tells him, hey, they're out of wine. Uh, In Greek, that means party's over. (laughs) And so Jesus tells these guys that are standing around, "We we don't even get their names. They're just ordinary guys. They're not the apostles, they're not the disciples, they're just people working at the wedding. Jesus tells them, I want you to go take these barrels and I want you to fill them with water. Now think about this. This is, this is not a very easy task at this time. These barrels weighed 20 to 30. I mean, they, they, they held 20 to 30 gallons of water apiece. So when you start multiplying how much a gallon of water weighs times how many this was a, a big task, and they didn't have running water back then. Did you know that? Which meant they had to carry these jugs back and forth. And it would be easy to think, I'm just playing with water. I'm just doing something mundane. This is just ordinary. How many of us would have just said, uh, Jesus, <laughs> bruh, here's the deal. Like, they ran out... They ran out of wine. <laughs> and like, I know that you think they may be dehydrated from all the drinking they've been doing. But that's just a lot of work, man. Let's just wrap this thing up, send everybody home. That's, that's the way our mind works, right? Jesus, th- here's the thing. Jesus did not tell them, what I want you to do is go put water in these jugs, bring it back to me because we're going to do a miracle. We're going to turn water into wine. It's going to be the best stuff they've served all night. Jesus doesn't do that. He just says, Go fill these jars up with some water. Very ordinary. Very mundane. Yet it was the thing used to facilitate the miracle. It was the thing that God used to manifest his glory. And the result was the disciples that were with him believed. Ministry happened because they carried some vessels of water. Something that many of us would overlook and say, well, that's not real ministry. That's not 
important. That's not significant. Yet it was the thing that God chose to reveal himself to the people. Your ordinary place can be used to do extraordinary things. When you live with an awareness that I am a child of God, called according to his purpose, there is a mission for my life. I'm not here by accident. The same spirit that filled Christ Jesus is the same spirit that fills my life. The spirit that knows all things lives inside of me and he wants to use me to do his work exactly where I am right at this moment. There may be more out here and he'll clear the path to get you there. I don't have to worry about that. What I need to concentrate on is, God, what can you do through me today? When I pray in the morning, I should pray, Holy Spirit, lead me into the places that I need to go and give me the wisdom for when I get there. God, I'm asking that you would go ahead and prepare the hearts of people that I'm going to come into contact with today. Lord, let me be a vessel of light, a vessel of love, a vessel of help to someone that is in need. Jesus says, let your light shine before men so that they'll see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. But many times those good works look like ordinary things. Loving my spouse well. Loving my children well. Serving my community well. Serving in my church well. These are all things that people see in us that draws them towards Jesus. Stop overcomplicating it. Stop making it so difficult. Stop waiting on a title or a position to do something right now. I heard a couple of weeks ago, that some of the ladies of this church got together and they put together food and toiletry items to help 100 people in need. You know what the best part of that was? I had no idea. I love that as a pastor. I love hearing that people have activated their life to do something for Christ without me having to activate them, without me having to say, okay, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer we're going to collect food and these kind of toiletry items. No, no, somebody saw a need and they said, you know what? We can fill it. We can make a difference. We can help right here, right now. Stop waiting on a worldwide ministry and start ministering to the people that are around you. Why don't you start inviting some of the people that you know that don't know Jesus over to your house, feeding them, allowing them to see how a Christian family functions and operates, and then maybe at some point in time as you disciple them in life, you bring them into an invitation of this whole uh, Bible study scenario where, hey, let's just talk about the Word of God and how it applies to our life. That's making a difference. Well, I don't want to do that, Pastor. I want to do what you do. Okay, you want to do what I do? Go find some unsaved people 
invite them to your house. (laughs) Tell them about Jesus. Motivate them to go tell others about Jesus. Motivate them to give towards your ministry so that y'all can buy a building to start meeting in. Are you following what I'm saying? Everybody wants to step into like, I don't know, do what you can with where you are. You are gifted right here, right now, to meet the needs of the people around you. If you're watching online right now, I want you to know that God has strategically placed you where you are to reach the people around you. Yield yourself to him. Do what it is that he's called you to do. Father, I'm asking that you would help them. I'm asking that you would strengthen them. I'm asking that you would encourage them. In Jesus' name, amen.